fun part is like, okay, how are we going to decide how to start this one? <laughs> well, I think you just nailed it, Derek. That's how we're starting. So, oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. So, welcome to episode two of Real Talk, everyone. Our second ever podcast to rip off what, however, kind of funny starts theirs. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this time we are joined by Derek, Ash, and Tom. He is, in fact, a still a real person. Lies. Hello. <laughs> he exists. We swear. So, um, of course, we'll, we'll let's start off with what we've been up to this past week, whether it, you know, whether gaming or not. Uh, so, who wants to start things off here? Uh, I mean, I guess I can, since I literally just uh, got back from seeing Deadpool tonight. Nice. <laughs> How was that? I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and you know, I'm not overly overly familiar with the character, other than just a few comics here and there, and what everybody has said about him, but. I thought they found a nice way to make him really funny, but not also, but also keep him from like taking over the entire movie, where he just becomes this annoying presence, and you're just sick of him by the end. Because mm. that's a that's a hard act of balance, especially with a character like Deadpool. Well, I like funny movies, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm curious how you de- uh, deal with this one, Andre, since you're not as huge. Like you're you're basically tired of superhero movies. And well, stuff. I, I mean, that would imply that I ever liked them to begin with. <laughs> <But> True. <laughs> Um, well, my, my actually, my wife and I were just talking about going to see Deadpool. I think we're going to go on Valentine's Day. We're pretty excited to see it. That sounds like a perfect Valentine's Red. Day movie. Yeah, it actually is. There's actually a really nice love story in that movie. It's really? kind of surprising. Like, the love interest is a lot of fun. And I, I think she works. And it's Marina uh, Baccarin from uh, Firefly. Mm. So uh, she's just, you know, it's just a fun character. It's Like I said, it's just a good time. Like, it's surprisingly well done. I think it helps a lot that they didn't have the biggest budget. So they had to really prioritize what they could, and obviously, like most Marvel movies, stay, stay till after the credits. <laughs> yeah, I heard that they had to that right. they cut the budget like from by like seven million dollars during production at the last minute. So it didn't have the biggest budget, but it had the biggest heart. <laughs> is what you're saying? Sure, it's also Sorry. a really crass movie. <laughs> that, that's one. That's like my favorite uh, quote from a video game review ever, and I just it seemed like it would it would fit right in. There. <laughs> Perfect. Kinda. Well, speaking of romantic interest, uh, I guess that'd be the best way of describing my past week, uh, since uh, my girlfriend Connie was in town, and for she loves you know it's a long distance relationship, as you guys know. Not everyone else. Does oh yes, know. this Canadian girlfriend you happen. Well, to she have. like lives down the street from Tom, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We all know Canada isn't a real place. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Tom Act doesn't up. exist. So we spent the past <laughs> week doing a bunch of, uh, I don't know, I feel like every time someone comes into town, like whether a friend or family or whatever, we always end up at Fisherman's Wharf. So you gotta go see the sea lions for like the hundredth time and that whole area. <laughs> Andre, you've never taken me to go see Fisherman's Wharf and I've been there, what, three times now? Alright man, E3 this year, when you come up, we'll do it, I promise. <laughs> That's alright, first you got a ice cream store there, you gotta go. That's the best part about it. That's true, that is definitely <laughs> true. Derek, just run there. You'll get there quicker. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if I run like you. My God. (laughs) And then basically as soon as she left, it was right back to work, which worked out because that was the day that you took off as well, Derek. You've kind of been on pseudo-vacation here. Pseudo-vacation, like friend-visiting family uh, stuff, just making sure getting all uh, taken care of and kind of busy, which is also like (laughs) – Kind of crazy because I'm also trying to handle Fire Emblem at the same time. Yeah, so, right. yeah. Derek getting a vacation. What's the world coming to? 
It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's just something something's wrong with the uh, something's off with the world's mojo if you're getting vacations. Well, and speaking of no time off, so I wanted to spend this evening watching the uh, watching the de- Democratic debate between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. And literally, the moment it started, Nintendo announced a ton of crap, being uh, the Pokemon Splatfest, you know, red mm-hmm. versus blue, as well as new uh, Pokemon costumes. So, I, by the time I finished up covering all of that, I got like the last five minutes of the debate. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. their plan. They're trying to swing the presidential election. Instead of Bernie Sanders versus Hillary Clinton, it's uh, Pokemon Red versus Pokemon. Blue. That really is the most important. <laughs> exactly. Of that's, well, then we all know that's a much more important debate. <laughs> it really yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess um, that does uh, say the question for the split splat fest. You guys going to go team red or team blue? Well, I'm, t- I'm team blue all the way. Blue. Yeah, team blue. Yeah. Oh, I'm team blue, but that's that's assuming I get a chance to play in the splat fest, which probably is not it's not looking likely right now. <laughs> yeah, you've been pretty busy. It sounds like so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Just because I'm, you know, I'm super busy with my regular job, and also I've been playing like you, Derek. I've been playing a ton of Fire Emblem Fates, uh, which has basically been the extent of my gaming. I've played a little. I put in a little more time with uh, Corrin and Bayonetta and Smash. Uh, not a whole lot of time, but just a bit more. And then uh, I played a little Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, uh, which I'm enjoying. But mainly, it's been all about Fire Emblem Fates, Fates for me. Yeah, I, it's been. Damn near constant, and I love the game, but holy crap, it's not a game I want to rush through and try to get through as fast as, quick, as fast as I can, especially when it's a game like this where it's... Like, these three games are full-size games, like each different version. I, I, yeah. I said this so many times, this is a full-size game each time, and it's so daunting. Is Revelation full-sized? Yeah, 20 oh chapters. Well, Every single one is, is a full game. Wow, it is ridiculous. That. I I don't know how they got that much content in there within what, what two years since Awakening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's reusing a lot of assets and stuff. But from what I can tell, I'm pretty sure you're the missions you're doing in Hoshido are completely different than the missions I'm doing in Conquest or for Noor. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, I've been uh, talking to another colleague who's been playing Conquest, and it seems like it's pretty much completely different. Yeah, pretty much. What about you, Tom? What have you been up to? Well, uh, last week I uh, dragged my computer over to a friend's house for a LAN. Yeah, we still do that sometimes. Uh, we tried the new Ghost in the Shell game on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is basically a free-to-play game that costs five fifty. So, <laughs> but uh, we played for three hours and didn't get bored of it. So it was actually pretty good. <laughs> I mean, especially for something. a licensed game. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was actually, I wouldn't say like. Super polished, but let's say over 80, 85% of the way there already, so that's pretty impressive. Wow. It's made by Nexon, so I guess they're pretty good at that. But Tom, the main and, question Oh, I used is, to work for Nexon. Is it as good as that brawling game we were playing at your place? No, that's, <laughs> uh, I guess, the, the quick shout out to Gang Beast, which so is good. currently the reigning indie game champion <laughs> for multiplayer games. You want somebody to come over, not be bored, and like just laughs all around and play Gang Beast, where basically you have control over you can move you can jump but the main thing is you can either with the triggers punch or grab with the left and right hand so you can grab a guy with your left hand and then wail on him with the right hand (laughs) and the whole thing is to sort of knock him out and pick him up or push him off the edge like there's no health they're not done till they're off so you get in these epic battles of like people clinging onto the edge you're trying to throw them off and it can be up to eight players even we've had up to uh, four so far but uh, that one Wait, did I, just walk a into a, did I just walk into a Smash Brothers discussion? Yeah, literally uh, everything you just said sounds <laughs> like Smash Brothers. It's <laughs> almost like Smash Brothers, but it's even easier to pick up. 
so uh, it's mm. more party friendly, I'd say. Even gotcha. It's yeah. it's pretty great. Um. Well, the only other game I've been pl- or the only game I've been playing uh, recently myself is, uh, as I mentioned last week, my plan is to go from Super Metroid to uh, Zero Mission, and I did that. Uh, so I started it, and as I mentioned before, I'm going to be working my way through it pretty slowly, and sure enough, I've barely touched it. I'm like, I'm maybe an hour in or so, um, but I'm liking, I'm liking it so far. It just Ooh. gets better. Yeah, okay, well, that's why, that's why I can't wait for it. I, I will wait. say, it was a little bit weird going from Super Metroid to this game. Um, well, first off, it, it, just because like it looks similar and quite different at the same time, it, Samus seems to be a lot more animated. The world in general seems to be more animated. It almost looks more cartoonish, if you will. And then also yeah. uh, the the music. Oh my god! I for, I complained about this on Twitter. I forgot how terrible the Game Boy Advance sound chip was. <laughs> pretty, it pretty wasn't bad. great, but I actually thought Metroid Zero Mission had pretty good music. Well, maybe you should try going back to it. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I literally just did though. I just played it like a couple of weeks ago again on Wii U. I think that's sure. probably the bigger difference is that you just came from Super Metroid. I mean, the compositions well, yeah. themselves might be fine. I mean, and actually, they, they probably. They, they seem to be, in fact, from what I've heard. It's just like the, the overall audio quality just seems to be a lot lower. Um, no, like, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it kind of suffers yeah. from like you know the same thing with like the Mario games, like when they were ported over to the GBA and how they just sound worse overall. Oh yeah, like uh, Super Mario Advance Four's sound or music sounds so assy. Yeah, like the original <laughs> the original Mario 3's music is so much better. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Question. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but uh, overall, I'm, I'm quite liking it so far. So I'm really looking forward to getting some more time to spend some more time with it. Especially because the I like I do like some of the enhance or some of the improvements, like the map actually really working this time. Uh, oh yeah, Metroid. So that's great. I have one more slightly more interesting game. Sorry. Uh, oh, okay. So I did play The Witness for the first hour, but I also since you guys were talking about last week, I checked out Undertale for the first time. Oh wow! Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, it's funny in the battle system where you can fight a guy, or you can kind of basically talk your way out of a battle. Mm-hmm. And basically fighting is almost resorting to if you can't think your way through a puzzle, so I would never try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and there'd be, there was one guy, for instance, who felt... he they, You can read up, you get a hint about them. It counts as your their turn and he was just in the wrong crowd it said so if you kill the other guy or basically talk the other guy out of it then that guy becomes friendly all of a sudden you can just sort of spare him and end the battle and uh definitely a lot of neat things neat game mechanics in that game for sure i'm looking forward to trying it out i'll finally be able to start to start streaming it uh next friday well (laughs) let's not make any promises because there's a lot (laughs) There's a lot, There's a lot going on. on. I'm yeah. hoping to start streaming it next week. We'll right. see. <laughs> at some point, like maybe this year, at this, I don't know if it's still this year. I'm supposed to stream Chrono Trigger, but I don't know if that's winter if that's happening. But uh, at some point, I, I know once I, I once I start clearing out some of these games I'm currently streaming, like have at it. Ash, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Well, it sounds like we've all had pretty eventful weeks, but let's move on to the news. And uh, I think the biggest news this week, actually is the fact that the Pokemon costumes actually have sound effects this time in Mario Maker. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that does generally confuse people because I was actually, I was, when I saw that pop up, I was like, really? It actually does have sounds? So they were able to work that deal out with Pokemon Company, I I guess because they are advertising the 20th anniversary. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I'm glad they relented. But okay, I I was kidding. The biggest news, I think, actually, unfortunately, this week, at least to me, is the fact that a major website, Game Trailers, has completely shut down. 
Um, it seems like it almost seems like they were. I think they're completely blindsided by this event because I haven't seen anything else come from them since. So they were totally shut down, and that's like that sounds maybe. I actually they were one of the few gaming websites I actually really enjoyed, whether it was Pop Fiction or uh, even the Final Boss Man, which I think is a has been a great series. Like it's crazy to me that they're no longer here. Yeah, I forgot when when I actually found them for the first time, but I started watching their stuff, and I always actually really enjoyed their reviews. I think uh, I forget. I don't even know who the guy is that read the reviews or Brandon. Narrated. I think. Yeah, he has such a great voice, or you know, for those reviews, it yeah. made it stand out each time. That you know, he really was the voice of game trailers to me for a while. It was just you know great to listen to. I actually stopped. The only reason I actually stopped watching game trailers reviews is because. I felt that the footage they kept, they started using was showing way too many spoilers mm-hmm. or things like, yeah, uh, that, that sort of turned me off from that. But I watched a lot of their content and enjoyed it. And especially in the days before YouTube became so ubiquitous, ubiquitous, it really was so unique. Well, that, that's a else. crazy thing. Yeah. They've been around forever, seemingly. Uh, but they preceded YouTube. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know you know how YouTube's been doing these days. But they were ahead of the game overall. Like they were, they were on top of the video bandwagon from before YouTube was even a thing, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I never, I never followed the reviews that much. I, they were definitely one of my, like, I always appreciated their presence. Like, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't follow them super hardcore, but I didn't dislike them either. And it definitely, it, it, they're, they're, just the fact that they're not here anymore, you can definitely feel it. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And, and and I actually I do think I believe it's true that the employees are blindsided. I think I read a tweet from one of them that uh, suggested they literally found out about the closure a few hours before. Yeah, yeah. That's which is just that's such, such bad practice. But the whole thing is yeah, just unfortunate. It's just crazy to see how um, like the transformation in the game industry, uh, even these past few years. You know, like we've had you know one up went away a few years ago, and now we have games. Oh, that trailers. was a big one for me. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. like what's one up was a big one for me as well. Yeah, yeah. that was. And, and actually, I guess EGM back in its original closure that hit me hard. Of course, they came oh, back. E- They're not e- really what they used to be, but no, yeah, EGM was a big one. Uh, even though I didn't read it, Nintendo Power still. Oh, hurt. that that one that one hurt. I I was an yeah. avid Nintendo Power fan. Yes, it was. I. That one really hurt when it when it uh, left. Yeah, yeah. It's all these classic ones you should grow grew up with, and you know, I, I a lot. Actually, I'm pretty sure every magazine I read back as back as a kid has gone P, uh, PSM. Uh, OPM. I loved official PlayStation magazine because it came with those demo discs. <laughs> oh, amazing. those are good. Yeah, there was there was just something about a magazine that I feel like the internet era hasn't quite captured. Like because you know the the internet provides constant twenty four seven news stimulation, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with the magazine, you know, back then the news is all concentrated to these once a month issues, and so like oh, you yeah. almost had like this built in hype cycle for each magazine. It's like what's it going to have? And it, it, each one would just deliver all those news. Oh, I absolutely remember that. Yeah, it was yeah. it was like Christmas every month, and they have comics. Yeah, oh, the comic at the end of uh, the EGMs for a while. Oh, I forget those what they were called, wonderful. but those were I had them. They had me in tears a couple times. That well, and not like just the, the comics, guy. but uh, remember three three or four times a year with Nintendo Power, you get the Super Power Supplies catalog, which was oh, awesome. That was so great. <laughs> I love those things. Oh, you got, man. They even sold soundtracks back before video game music was a thing outside of Japan. They sold soundtracks. Yeah. Like for like N64 games and Super NES. Yeah. I still have some of them. I still Me have, too. Yeah. You have, you have Killer Cuts? Oh, I didn't get Killer Cuts. Well, that kid, you could get that as part of the game itself. I believe. Yeah, that's true. You could. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, I feel like we go on about Nintendo Power forever. <laughs> so maybe that'll be a future <laughs> yeah. topic. Um, but yeah, sad to say, you know, game trailers are you know, shutting down. So 
Hopefully yeah, they all find loss of a good one. And yeah, I, I have a feeling like those guys will be in demand, or at least they'll hopefully find something in the industry. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure they'll. I mean, I'm sure they'll all end up somewhere. But I know there's also a lot of competition out there for Jaws, but they are some of the best. So yeah. hope so. Okay, next up we have uh, some news about the Sonic movie that was apparently announced a few years ago that I had completely forgotten about. I'm um, apparently due out in 2018. And evidently, it's going to be a mixture of live action and CG. Yeah, but you know what? I'm so in for this oh my because God. It, because you know what? Either way, though, it's going to be awesome. It's either going to be great, it's going to be awesome, or it's going to be a total disaster, and it's going to be awesome. Sonic is one of those rare characters that's just as fun when he's scraping the bottom of the barrel as he is when he's actually <laughs> excelling. You know, so it's going to be awesome either way. There's no way this isn't going to be a fun movie. Yeah, I actually find it kind of interesting because it was back. I think it was announced back in 2014 and for a 2016 release. And I find it funny that we're in, in 2016. Okay, we're getting a 2018 actual release for this. Mm-hmm. They just sort of announced that it was in development and aiming for 2016. Uh, so now it's 2018, which is interesting. And I honestly do think the uh, mix between CG and um, live action is a huge mistake in this yep. in this case because. Uh, the thing you lose out on and one of the things that has become the most consistent about Sonic across all its forms uh, in recent years you lose Mike Pollock as Eggman he is he is so loved in that role and is the definitive Eggman at this point uh, I've been playing it for so long uh, you know only other one is Dean Bristow who is the only you know played in the adventure games but that's about it uh, and, and Sonic Heroes. So you're losing Mike Pollock, and that's that's huge. He's more, I think he's more popular than Sonic in some circles, uh, just because he's that well loved. But in making it live action, well, let's put it this way: it's a Sony movie, and Sony did Smurfs and Chipmunks, <laughs> and that that's, was live action and CG. That's so. exactly what comes to mind. Those those seemingly piece of crap movies. I'm surprised and, you guys remembered those. <laughs> <laughs> and what also comes to mind is is I, I keep getting flashbacks of that scene where Sonic kisses the human girl or vice versa or whatever. Oh, oh if, yeah. if we don't yeah. get that in the movie, I'm calling I'm <laughs> you. That, that, well, I'm expecting at least that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ash throws down his popcorn. This is bull crap. <laughs> yeah. No, that, no, like, no, hedgehog human love is, is the starting point for this movie for me. <laughs> now, where it goes from there, who knows? But. Yeah. But uh, you know, but I, I have to say though, like as much as we like to make fun of Sonic, I mean, he's there's still great Sonic games even in modern times, in my opinion. And I don't know if you guys have seen the Sonic Boom cartoon; it's actually really good. So I want to say that there is actual real potential here because the Sonic Boom cartoon is really funny. So you know what? It could be great. Did any of you guys actually see uh, there is a special they put out uh, or a short film they put out when uh, Sonic Unleashed was re- uh, released called Night of the Werehog? Uh, it was a completely silent movie and gorgeous animation and actually kind of funny. It was a, it was a nice, clever little short. And it's such a shame that uh, they're not sort of pulling from that sort of idea because they, they've shown multiple times that Sonic can work in animation settings. Yeah, and, what, that, and that's a weird thing about this being live action is we've already seen it works in animated settings. So why are they going live action on this? And they've proven that it doesn't work in, in, in live action settings yeah, for the Sonic fan right. movie. <laughs> Nothing about this is adding up. I don't get it. Although, wow. probably the best thing to come out of this, again, is the Sonic Twitter. And yeah. did you see that the, they put out a tweet, uh, uh, a um, leaked screenshot or leaked uh, footage from the uh, the Sonic movie, and it's a link to the full movie of 
uh, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if we learned anything from the Super Mario Brothers movie, it's we have to trust the fungus. So, you know what? I, I think we have to just have faith that this could end up being a pretty great movie. And Sonic does have Mushroom Zone, right? So uh, just got Mushroom Hill Zone, yeah. yeah trust right. the fungus. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of uh, goofy characters, actually, um, we found out a little bit more about ukulele. They showed off a new character um, being a minecart called Kartos, I believe. Mm-hmm. And along with that, they also uh, revealed a new David Wise song, which, like pretty much everything else he's done, is godly. It is so <laughs> fantastic sounding. And that combined with a character of Kartos, like, which is, just looks fantastic. Like, the animation, they're, they showed off like a whole like animation reel for him. It looks great. Like, this game cannot be in better hands, I feel like. This looks, this game looks like it's going to be something special. Absolutely. I feel like, we, I feel like we've gone back 15 years or whatever to Rare in its heyday, seeing the updates from this game. I mean, it might as well be Rare in its heyday. They've added, they actually uh, hired on more new members, and they're all people that have worked with Rare before. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, this is basically the new Rare. They just keep hiring on all their old teammates, and yeah, we got our dream team back working on a, platformer <laughs> so do you guys think they'll actually make their uh release date this year nope yeah nah. <laughs> nah. i don't see it happening yeah i think it's it's probably gonna get delayed we, we haven't they might show off more because again they got a lot done but i could see ambition taking over a bit mm. yeah not a huge delay but event, it will eventually come uh, i i, I kind of think that i mean uh, freedom planet 2 just got announced not too long ago i think freedom planet 2 is going to come out before ukulele does oh I, I honestly do. Don't think so. I think I think they'll get it before the ukulele too, or free to play too. It's like it feels like development on ukulele is progressing very slowly. I don't know that firsthand at all. It just feels like it's really it's kind of sluggish. I think it's just because they they they've really clammed up since uh, E3. That could be. They've said yeah. almost nothing about it except these little tidbits here and there. With that said, game development is complicated. The fact that they've been adding members pretty recently really does suggest to me that there's. Almost no way they're hitting their release date this year. Uh, with that said, that's fine. Like, take as long as they need to make this game as good as possible. Because mm-hmm. I don't well, think Shovel Knight made its like planned release date, did it? That was about three, four months. Yeah. Which is what I uh, which I think that's the delay I'd expect on ukulele. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing beyond three or four months. Okay. Really, yeah, I can, I I can see longer delayed. than that. I can see it. Yeah, I think it'll be longer personally. Yeah, I do too. I see a year. Uh, yeah, but. Looking back, like they rare recently released their making of Banjo Kazooie, and it, it started out as Project Dream, and it was an isometric tile-based game on Super Nintendo, and it's like they went on for years even before they had a bear in the game. It's like <laughs> now that that is impressive to just stick with something for so long <laughs> and have it change completely. It's true. Yeah. But you know what though? Ukulele is actually in a really comfortable position because at least they're not Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah. yeah. You can honestly you you can delay your game by more than a year now and still say, "Hey, but we're not mighty number 9." <laughs> now, what would be impressive if after Andre saying they've clammed up, they unveil the clam character next week. <laughs> oh man. Clammy. And you'll have me to thank when it happens. Yes. Clam with googly eyes. Oh, yep. Yeah. Well, they have they did right. have that clam in Donkey Kong Country, so yeah, that's actually what I was thinking of right now when you're talking about that. <laughs> nice. Spit out little pearls. The pearls could have googly eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, you're right. Oh, that's so meta. Jeez. <laughs> it's googly got googly eyes all the way down. <laughs> oh god. Well, um, any other news you guys want to talk about here, or? Yeah. Well, there is a new Pokemon that was announced, which is kind of a big deal because 
the big question, I guess, with it is whether or not it's part of the seventh generation, uh, if it, you know, if that's actually coming out this year instead of like Pokemon Z, or if it's somehow a variation of uh, Deontay, who mm-hmm. it has very similar eyes and sort of the same sort of look. But the thing that has me confused about this Pokemon, if it is uh, doing anything from Deontay, is that Deontay already has a mega form, a mega evolution. So we already have Mega Deontay, and so we've never had a Pokemon have an evolution after uh, a Mega after a Mega Evolved form. That's usually the last form. That's why we haven't seen Mega Pikachu because the only way to do that is to get a Mega Raichu. Now the rules aren't set in place, so they maybe could tweak that if they want. But it still seems like an odd idea because there's never been a time where, it, like, even if it's a new form, they never give these new forms a different name from like it'd be. This form, Deontay, not Magiana, as yeah. it's actually called. So I'm leaning more towards it being a 7th gen Pokemon rather than a variation. But mm-hmm. it, the design is just so similar. It's hard to say that with any kind of real authority, I guess. Well, have they done this before? Have they announced a Pokemon before the proper generation? Oh, yeah. Remember all the Pika Blue rumors back in, <laughs> in Golden Silver? Oh, that's out? right. I do remember those. They do this all the time when they yeah. like show it in the anime. Because well, then- uh, before Golden Silver came out, we got that uh, Pikachu Summer Vacation short where it showed off Snubble right. and uh, and Meryl. And then in the actual movie, they showed off Donphan. So three new Pokemon that were going to be in the next game. So, yeah, this is not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Well, h- how do we know this isn't just another situation like with Hoopa where it's they're just going to add it to the current generation? And it's going to be another sixth generation Pokemon, not necessarily part of the new game. That is also possible, but I mean the other the difference there is that uh, the other three the three that were found in the data were well found in the data. <laughs> so unless yeah, they just true. came out with unless yeah. they just came up with this idea to squeeze it into you know Pokemon Z theoretically, uh, that would be it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, so would, that makes that would make sense though. I mean Pokemon Z. Has to happen, right? (laughs) One would think it'd be the first time they skipped a third version. It'd be the first time they did that and just went right to uh, the next one. The only time they did that was no, they even first gen because we had Pokemon Yellow. Right, that's right. So they might. What about Black and White? I mean, there was Black Two and White Two. Exactly, that's still technically a third version. Yeah, yeah. What were you going to say, Tom? Well, I was going to say they might be having localization issues with Pokemon Z. I mean, that would be Pokemon Z in Canada. So, confusing. <laughs> 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 <That's laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that actually always it, it confuses me so much when my colleagues at Udon they talk about Mega Man ZX and they'll call it Mega Man ZX, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> What's Mega Man ZX? When I, when Come I worked on. at when I worked at Nintendo, I had literally never heard that before. But since we were the call center for all of North America. Um, oh I, yeah, I picked up pretty quick. I'm like, oh, that's how Canadians say Z. That's so weird. <laughs> it's really strange. <laughs> and and adding those unnecessary U's to <laughs> like color. <laughs> uh, what's funny is uh, Connie tweeted something from. She, so she's kind of handling our Instagram uh, because I'm lazy. So we have Instagram. It, it, yeah, we do. I know. And, and one of the posts she put a U for favorite. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, Connie, what are you doing? Oh, no, she misspelled it. I know, she did it wrong. The British I, Empire, I, I, long live the British Empire. <laughs> yeah. I can't with those spellings. I just can't do it. Yeah. But what do you guys think? Do you think they're actually going to skip a third no. version I, and go so, with 7 Shin? Nah. I, mean, I say this as one who, you know, who hasn't been following Pokemon intensely in quite some time. I don't see it, though. I mean, they've, they've historically been late to each generation. Um, and by, I mean, I don't mean late in a bad way. I mean, they've... 
they 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 like to maximize their investment, which is you know whichever engine they developed. Uh, by making either a third or fourth series game in the series, and then they've always come to next generation. You know, whenever they wanted to, like they were they were a couple years late to the 3ds or a couple years late to um, the Game Boy Advance, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fully expect a third game in the X and Y line, being Z, of course, and then they'll hop on the you know next portable whenever they whenever they want. <laughs> you know, after that, let's hope that they do when they are. I'm sure I'm sure Pokemon Z is coming, but let's hope if and when it happens that it's going to utilize the new 3DS to actually give us 60 frames per second with 3D on, or nice. at least not like 10 frames per second because <laughs> the the it was just pitiful performance with the stereoscopic 3D on an X and Y, and the 3D effects weren't even that good. Well, they only yeah. happened during battle, so who cared? <laughs> well, yeah, but I'd love to have stereoscopic 3D Pokemon battles. I think it'd be awesome. I'm pretty sure I, Ash is the only one that actually cares about stereoscopic 3D at this point. Oh, I totally, at least out of us I am. I think it's one of the coolest features I of mean, the in general, I hear nobody else talk overlooked. about 3D at all. <laughs> there, There is a vocal minority of us who actually do like the 3D. It's, it's a minority. But I think it's one of the coolest things of of the 3ds. I've never played with it off. So I'm actually between the two. Like I, I like the 3D. I use it when you know when I remember to turn it on. But that's just the thing. Sometimes I forget to turn it on, and I don't even realize it because it ultimately to me isn't that big of a deal. Like I really liked when it came out. And I got used to it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, see, when it, it's it, not on, I miss it immediately. Really? Well, in in most games, like for yeah. games that don't use it well, I don't miss it. But like, I can't imagine playing like Mario and Luigi Paper Jam without it. Oh. See, I don't know. I never turned it on for Paper Jam. Didn't notice a thing. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had a case of diminishing returns with it. Like it really impressed at first. I'm like, oh, this is super neat. And then I, I feel the same way about it as I do with three three D movies. Like I don't mind it when I see a movie in three D, but you know, after Avatar, like it's been less and less impressive each time. And ultimately, I don't know if Nintendo will bring it back for the next handheld. I mean, oh, I'd actually be no surprised if they do. Yeah, no, they won't. I mean, I, I'm I'm just enjoying it while it's here because. I, I really do think it enhances a lot of games, but I know that, uh, you know, it's... I'm sure it's a case of diminishing returns for Nintendo as well. Yeah, probably. So, Ash, are you playing on the new 3DS or the uh, original one? Uh, well, the new 3DS now, but I love the 3D back on the old 3DS as well. Okay. I always find yeah. it with the uh, 3D effect that sometimes, after a while, I just... Like it's hard to keep focused on it sometimes. That's why I would turn it off. Just I've heard a lot of complaints from people, and they're they're totally valid. I know I know people who say they their head their heads hurt when they try to use it. I guess I'm just one of the lucky ones where I can play for hours on end with the the 3D slider all the way up, and I don't feel any effects. Yeah, now, maybe I'm like dying inside, and I know <laughs> it, but but I don't get headaches at least. Yeah, it never it never bothered me either. Like I never I never even minded the really narrow uh, proper viewing angle on the original system. That never bu- bothered me at all. It's just that yeah. like there came a point where I realized I'd have it off. Like if I'm making a video, for instance, and then when I went to go play casually, I'd forget to turn it back on and didn't even notice. Right, um, right. But yeah, I feel like at this point, 3D is more trouble than it's worth for Nintendo. I don't think it's much of a selling point these days. Yeah, and given how few people. Or how many? Well, given just the even if it's a small amount, people have issues with it. It's enough for it to be any, for it to be too big of an issue for Nintendo to deal with moving forward. I think. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. And no. it also had those issues like, like when this 3DS first came out with all those warnings, like it'll mess up your kid's eyes. If you <laughs> let them have the 3D yeah. one. That's not good when you're selling a portable system. Well, it's like the Virtual <laughs> yeah. Boy all over again. Well, not to the same degree, but Virtual <laughs> Boy had the giant warning on the front, being like, you know, if you're under seven, you shouldn't play the system at all. It's like Jesus, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Well, it should have been anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, any yeah. age, don't play the system at all. <laughs> and you will go blind. <laughs> God, um, I remember using that in the mall once and just like, like, it really did just kill your eyes. Oh, wrecked, it wrecked my eyes. 
Okay, well, do you guys any, have any news you want to touch on, or should we move on to our topics? Let's move on. Yeah, I okay. think I'm good. Awesome, cool. So, uh, of course, every week we'll each bring a topic to the discussion. In this case, we have four of them, and so we have four people here. And I think we all took topics from our Patreon viewers, or our Patreon supporters, once again. And I'll go and start off here with, uh, with a suggestion from Jason Schultz, uh, where he says that, from what he's heard... The NX platform seems to be a shared uh, platform with a unified OS in the veins of iOS and Android. So his question is that, because of this, will the NX platform have a shorter life cycle compared to the normal 5 to 10 year li- uh, most console lifespans? A- and he's wondering specifically if um, a smaller 2 to 3 year upgrade cycle, um, or, maybe even a- or maybe even annually, might be something that might happen with the NX. And if so, is that something we'd support? So I thought this was an interesting idea, um, even ignoring the exact, like, yearly time span. But basically the idea is when Nintendo moved to, instead of having a console every four to five to six years, to something more along the lines of, you know, iOS, where they release a new device, you know, every, let's say, 12 to 18 months. And I could, I think it's an interesting idea. It may not be the worst idea, at least with a few um, caveats in there. Like, if you have to upgrade every year, yes, that would suck. That would be the worst thing possible. Yeah. However, yeah, I hate that, I, idea. that would not happen. I don't think there's not a chance of hell that would happen. No. Um, I think I think a a having a smaller upgrade like every year or two isn't necessarily a bad thing. It keeps the system in the consumer's mind for new consumers as well. Uh, it prevents having to ramp up marketing every couple years. Uh, but the key thing is here is having is making sure the, the the games work across whatever system you own. And that's going to be the tricky thing. But we've already seen baby steps in this regard with Nintendo before, like the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, where the same games will work from, on the Game Boy or the Game Boy Color, but they'd be enhanced. Or even more recently with the new 3DS, where some games will run better on it. And I think if they use that same idea, but perhaps upgrade it, uh, that could be really interesting. Maybe almost more like a PC cycle, where this, you know, newer graphics cards can play the same games, but better. So, um, you know, we've, we've explored the idea already of the NX handheld and console, assuming it's a platform, which it seems to be, uh, being able to play the same games just with different, uh, you know, graphic settings. And if that's something they can, they can continue moving forward, where maybe a older system would, you know, would be able to play the same games, but maybe not the same graphic fidelity, I think that'd be pretty interesting. There's a reason I don't play PC games that much, <laughs> and it's because of that upgrade cycle. <laughs> so that terrifies me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you pretty much... Echoed my thoughts. It's it's why I, I don't really buy that many PC games because well I don't know if my computer can run it so screw it unless I have a brand new computer I don't buy PC games that much mm-hmm. and uh, I, I run into it so often where I get a game and it just doesn't seem to run all that well and I'm just like no I'd just rather get it on a console it's not a it's an idea that could work and I do think having a shorter life cycle would work, and at least in the NX's uh, advantage, or at least to Nintendo's advantage as a whole, because they need to catch up to Sony and Microsoft. They need to get onto that same graphical level, and I think NX will allow them to catch up after this point, but they need to also be ready to have another turnover soon after, depending on how long the PS4 and Xbox One life cycle lasts. Well, that's a great point, because they're hopping in mid-generation with another system, which means for a brief period of time it might be the most powerful one, but then a few years later, it'll be presumably dwarfed by more competitors. Whereas if they switch to this, you know, uh, upgrade cycle, they could actually keep pace. Potentially, that's true. Yeah, uh, they might have learned their lesson from the Wii U, where it doesn't pay to release like a, you know, a system midstream. It's like Dreamcast too, and if you can actually upgrade it and upgrade the plat 
well, upgrade the hardware, but just keep the same platform, I mean, that would work for them. They can just beat uh, the next PlayStation or whatever whenever they're released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that I think the pa- of paramount importance is passing some sort of savings on to the consumer because I don't, I just don't see people being willing to shell out a decent amount of money every year for an, uh, an upgraded Nintendo console. It's just that that's not something that's in the DNA of console gaming, and I think it's something that Nintendo would have a very hard time convincing people is a worthy idea. Like, like Nintendo faces a serious uphill battle trying to convince people to part with money every year to upgrade their current system. Uh, if that if that's actually what they're thinking well, of doing, I don't think they are. I don't, I don't think but, they need to. I don't think that's a battle they necessarily need to even fight for. Like, just because they release a new system doesn't mean you have to upgrade to it. It's like iPhone or iPad. Um, the older ones will work fine. They work with most of the same iOS stuff or the stuff on right. the I- iOS store. It depends entirely how they do it. But I think, it, I mean, if they require you to upgrade every year, of course that won't work. I don't think there's a chance of hell they'd even attempt that. But did, I don't think so either. If they did go with, I mean, again, we've kind of seen this already with the new 3DS. If they did do it where you had the option of upgrading, or rather if you, you know, you don't have to upgrade, but they release new systems that can play the same games but better perhaps, um, but they'll still work on other systems or older systems. I think there's potential there because um, it would make it so when you're buying the system, you know, for as a first-time buyer, you're not buying an old piece of technology. You're buying the most modern version of it. So that way, even if you ho- if you even if you hop into the NX cycle late into the game, you're still you still have a modern system. You do, you're not buying a four-year-old piece of technology that you know will be outdated soon. The cave- That's true. The caveat there, though, is that they they would need to actually utilize the extra power that it would allow because yeah we have the new 3ds you can jump into that and have a more powerful system i can think of two games that actually takes advantage of that yeah and you know that's always been a problem it's all it's also a bad a problem with just add-ons in general mm-hmm. like all these like accessories that you get to more, make your system more powerful look at the um sega cd and sega 32x you know they had these add-ons that made the genesis more powerful allowed it to have more advanced games and they really didn't do that well so I've seen cases other than you know only really works PC because it just has more utility beyond just gaming but as upgrades I just don't see it working yeah but this, the, the problem with Sega analogy is that everything was proprietary you needed um, in order to play Sega CD games you needed a Sega CD whereas I, I'm arguing that if Nintendo if Nintendo treated it as again like the, more like a PC uh, where all the things things that work across the platforms, regardless of how old they are, maybe up to a certain point, um, I think that would mitigate that issue. Or I mean, it wouldn't be an issue. But see, the problem there though is that they, if they do that, or if they're not careful about it, they face the risk of cannibalizing their own market. Because and this is something that uh, this is a problem that Android phones have is that there are so many different variants of the Android OS that the market is just impossibly segmented. You know, they're not all in one OS like Apple. So if Nintendo is releasing all these different iterations of the, of the NX with some games working on you know newer models and some games not working on older models, that's a serious problem. Now, I don't think Nintendo is ever going to do that, but that's exactly why I don't think they're going to go down this route anyway, because they're, not, they're already fighting to gain back market share. Why would they cannibalize their own audience like that? Well, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure where the cannibalization comes from. I'm a little bit well confused. because I mean, it, it's, I think you, I think you run the risk of, of sending your audience some confusing messages if you're talking about how the newer NX or the the latest version of the NX will play certain games, but the older version of the NX won't play certain games. I just feel like that's 
causing unnecessary confusion for the consumer. Yeah, okay, so I see. Well, so again, I think it comes down to how they do this. It could go. Assuming this is even a thing at all, of course. But uh, there is obviously tons of room for error here, and Nintendo could screw up. You, know, you yeah. mentioned Android, and that is kind of a mess of an ecosystem because of how many different versions of it, you know, of Android are out there. But that's because different manufacturers can do whatever they want. Whereas right. Nintendo is actually much more like Apple in this case. They'd be controlling all the hardware themselves, presumably, and uh, they'd have full control over that entire ecosystem. So I, I, mean, I think, you know, looking at iPad or iPhone, that is the best way of looking at this. But everything on the App Store works, you know, pretty uniformly across devices, you know, up to several or- years ago. <clears throat> It, it'll at least say like what version of a, a iOS you'll you need, and then right. like you'll know if you have that or not on your phone. Like it won't let you download on an old phone. Like, yeah, an uh, iPhone 3G is not going to be able to run um, <laughs> the latest games. But yeah, and, and that's also better suited for an online store where you can immediately have that recognized. All of a sudden, now you have to going to have to force people to look at the back of boxes in order to determine whether or not your current. Setup of NX, if this is the thi- if this is actually a thing, will actually run that game, and that just goes against what Nintendo's all about. They're all about simplicity, user friendliness, just getting people into the game as quickly as possible. For them to go down this more technical route, which requires more effort on the part of the consumer, that just doesn't seem like modern. But they, Nintendo they've already game. done it though with a new 3DS. Yeah, and and it hasn't really done a whole. I mean, it doesn't really done them any favors. I mean, I I, I absolutely feel like the messaging with the Nintendo 3DS family of systems, as they, as they like to call it, is incredibly convoluted. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look at the failed messaging with, between the Wii and the Wii U as well. They need to do the exact opposite with the NX. They need to make their messaging clear, concise, and easy to figure out in a second. Yeah, I agree with that, and it would be at first. Like, these these next systems wouldn't come for at least a year or two down the line, I'd imagine. And by right. that point, the NX should... Everyone should know what the NX is. Unless Nintendo failed again, like they did with the Wii U, <laughs> so it'd, yeah. be, it'd be a battle to be fighting later on. And I, I don't think it's the, I, like I could see this being the future of consoles because Nintendo. We've seen how big of a problem they've had building a new generation every few years. Like from the from the original Nintendo to the Nintendo sixty four, they kept losing market share until the Wii, where it ballooned up and did insane, and then the Wii U just became their biggest failure console wise of all time. Um, yeah. And Nintendo really can't afford to keep, you know, keep. Uh, I think dealing with this risk of building up a new market share with every platform. And we've mentioned how we've even heard Iwata specifically mention uh, point to you know iPhone as an example of what they want to do as far as ecosystem is concerned. I believe, and this is why I think this makes sense. For it's basically taking backwards compatibility to the next level, um, even to some degree like forwards compatibility. And I think they handle it smartly where. You know, games are relevant on these platforms for a long enough period of time. I think it could work, especially with how consumers have already embraced iPhone with a, with these same similar constraints. Uh, I think it can work if they if they nail the marketing. But that's the biggest question, or the, you know, not just the marketing, but also the fundamentals of the platform itself. I just, you know, I just want you guys to get off my lawn. <laughs> I, I, back in the day, we had a, you know a console that we connected to the TV and we connected the control to that and we played our games yep. simply. So get off yeah, my well, we're, We are well beyond those days already. <laughs> no, so. we are. It's back, <laughs> back in the day, we used to have no load times. There yeah, was just no installs. We didn't have to yeah. install our games. Yeah, no and I, 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 I walked to the video game store uphill both ways on this digital <laughs> download nonsense. In oh, the snow man. in L.A. somehow. Yeah, <laughs> all the snow in L.A. All right. Well, I think we covered that topic pretty well. So uh, who wants to go next with their topic? 
I suppose I can go next. Um, I chose the question posted by, or the I guess the topic posted by the legend of the legend of Pitt, who uh, asks, "What is one dead or forgotten series that you would like to see brought back, and what would you like to see the sequel uh, to look like?" And I thought that was an interesting question because there's you know there's always that one series that everybody has that they would love love to see back, and the one that always immediately comes to my mind. And the fun the funny thing is I've never played the original game, um, but it just seems like it's such a concept that you can easily update. Uh, is Ice Climber? Mm-hmm. People love the Ice Climbers, and I can just see this as a really fun co-op mode to work together. Each one is a different Ice Climber uh, using the rope to work together and climb the mountains and having different mountains and updating a lot of the uh, the ideas of it and I don't know I the way Nintendo has been has shown that they can update a lot of their series I think a new ice climber game even just as a downloadable title could be a lot of fun and I'd love to see them try it it has to be said though I'm pretty sure 98% of the reason people love the ice climbers at all is because of Smash Brothers oh yeah, totally. oh, yeah. and and ice climber itself honestly has not aged well at all it's not a good game the original it's just it hasn't aged well oh, okay. in the least but been maybe that's even a, a more, more of a springboard, uh, you know, to bring it back. Mm-hmm. The fact that it hasn't aged well, maybe that's a better reason to bring it back and and kind of give it a modern refresh. Yeah, like the original Kid Icarus. I don't think that was really any good from what. I <laughs> no, the same thing. And yeah, then look what happened. It's just too yeah. hard. So well, it just wasn't that fun. Yeah. So I'm yeah. totally picturing a co-op mountain climbing experience where you use the controls from Sonic Chaotix. Oh god, the ring yeah. system <laughs> yeah. with, with, with quick time events, right? You got to add quick time events. Oh, no, that's key. Yeah, you got to have those. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but hey, yeah, I mean, Tom, that's a great point with Kid Icarus. I mean, you know, they took a, a, a game that hasn't aged well at all and made an incredible revival out of it. Why not do that with Ice Climbers? You're right. Actually, they make an okay revival. Of uh, don't get me started on this. <laughs> that, that's its own podcast, easily by itself, <laughs> debating Kid Icarus Uprising. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I just I like the idea of having this interesting co-op experience, something you very unique in the fact that it's a very Nintendo idea of just working together to climb a mountain, yeah, and coming across all the obstacles that you know are in the way, and it does have that built-in recognition now thanks to the ice climbers and Smash. Ironically, yeah. Derek, that in itself sounds like quite the mountain climb to make that a reality. Yeah, no, I didn't say th- you didn't say it had to be realistic goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, that one unannounced Wii U title this year. Yeah. I, it could be Ice Climbers U. That's true. Yeah. Ice Climbs U. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm imagining a game kind of like Pushmo, where maybe there's custom levels and you can sort of design their own ones to climb up. Basically, that that would be a good yeah. downloadable title for Ice Climbers. I think. I'm I'm imagining a, a hard gritty reboot like that Maverick that that uh, canceled Maverick Hunter first person shooter Mega Man X remake. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, it's got to be a hard gritty violent remake of Ice Climbers. Uh, Ice Climbers it. Act Zero. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Now I, now I'm imagining the initial video of the latest SSX uh, where it was sort of like snowboarding, but for some reason it was against the military or something. For some <laughs> I remember that. Oh, God. <laughs> That was so dumb, <laughs> but but in a really fun way though. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys though? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll um, go next. I guess. Yeah. Seven so lists. Uh, I was gonna say since every other game I already wanted came out already, like Metroid and Punch Out, and mm-hmm. uh, even Unreal Tournament at this point is that's coming out. I'm gonna say Star Tropics. Um, and I guess for me, I would like it remade. Okay, for you guys who don't know what Star Tropics is, is an NES sort of 
action adventure RPG type game. Mm-hmm. I know you guys know what I mean for our listeners. And I, there was even a sequel at one point, but I didn't play that. So <laughs> that was way back in the latest, but I'd like it remade kind of on the 3DS, uh, probably just in the style of the recent uh, Zelda games, or like the... Oh, the one where you turned a paper against a wall. I can't remember the name. Oh, Link Between Worlds. <laughs> oh, Link Between, Link Between Worlds, Worlds. Yeah. Like That sort of style I'd be fine with, really, for Star Tropics. I think that could ha- I could think that could work. I mean, Star Tropics had kind of a unique setting to it that has never really been replicated in another Nintendo series since. So yeah. I think it would be kind of cool. And that seems to be the kind of weird, like, one-off project that Sakurai might take on. Like, I could see Sakurai making a Star Tropics reboot. You know, it just seems like the kind of weird thing that he would do. I could only say that if there were a character in Smash Brothers from Star Tropics first. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny thing. I've never actually played Star Tropics. It's always seemed like a pretty interesting game, but I just, I don't know, never tried it out. Yeah, I tried a couple times. I couldn't quite get into it, but I did like the fact that they came with that with piece of paper you get to dip in water yeah. in real life. To get <laughs> I was going to say, did you have the manual? Like, That's a good reason why you couldn't get into it's it. Like I didn't the, have the manual the first time. <laughs> it's like the much cooler precursor to the uh, looking for the uh, codec frequency on the Metal Gear Solid oh, disc Oh my god, oh, that yeah. drove me nuts. That took me yeah. so long to figure out because I thought they were referring to like the disc you find in the game. I'm like, how do I, how do I like Look at this. I don't get it. <laughs> what do you're I do? Thinking, yeah. You're not thinking outside the box. Oh, <laughs> right. man. I wasn't. Well, uh. I, guess I'll, I guess I'll go next. Um, I, I'm kind of split on this, which I know, I know that's cheating. Um, okay, so Chrono Trigger is my favorite game of all time. That's been established. I love Chrono Cross as well. And then, you know, there's that trademark that Square Enix filed for Chrono Break, and then they let it expire, which is one of the most heartbreaking days of my life when I found that out, <laughs> which, I mean, maybe not really, but still. I really want a third Chrono game. That said, everyone wants a third Chrono game, so I'm going to go with the other answer, my other obvious answer, I guess, which is Mega Man Legends 3, which almost also almost happened. That actually was being made for a while, and then it just wasn't. And uh, Mega Man Trigger is still stuck on the moon, like 15 years later. And Roll's still building that rocket to try to get him down. And I want to see the end of that story. Like, Mega Man Legends 2 left so many cliffhangers open. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it posed so many provocative questions at the end about, like, what's going on in that universe. I want to know. And I'm never going to find out. And that's really sad. That's why it's a legend, Ash. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so there with you, Ash. I, you know, yeah. you know how much I love the Legend series. And. I, I was so ecstatic when Legends 3 was announced and they were working on it and it was coming together and, you know, we, we'd finally not be heartbroken every time we see uh, uh, Data say, hold on, Mega Man, you have to wait just a little <laughs> yeah. longer. It's like, uh, I just, I, I was so ready for Legends 3 and it just did not happen. And, yeah. you know, for a while, I, I sort of, the ship has sailed with Chrono Break for me for a while. I'm not even upset about that anymore because it's yeah, that's kind of why so I went with the other long. answer. Yeah, yeah. Like back in the day, you were excited about that. Like, oh, they registered Chrono Break. Are they actually going to get a third Chrono game? That'd be amazing. No, <laughs> it's yeah. not happening. But hey, Ash, at least we have Red Ash. Yay! Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Red Ash. Well, I still can't be delayed at all. That. No. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, you know, Mega Man Legends was just so ahead of its time back in the day. Like, it, it was like playing an anime almost. Mm-hmm. And it just had this, you know, I don't know, like the facial animations, the voice acting. It was just a cut above what we were used to from the PS1 at that time. And it just had such a unique charm to it. And Legends 2 carried on that charm. 
and it it looked by all means that Legends Three was set to kind of carry on that unique identity, and then it just Peter just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, my my game that I want my series I want to see back is uh, has a story at least as deep as anything you guys have mentioned so far, <laughs> and that's Diddy Kong Racing Baby. <laughs> oh, okay. hell yeah, yeah. Whizpig. So it's actually not so much that I want that specific series back, but more the ideals. The ideas behind that game were fantastic. I love the idea of taking a kart racer and building like a whole world around it, like where there was a story, as simple as it may have been, um, where there was an overworld to explore, where there were mysteries to, you know, secrets to find. Uh, and that's something that has amazed me that Nintendo hasn't even attempted to uh, even try again to any degree. Like, I feel like it's a perfect avenue for Mario Kart to explore, so to speak. Um, and I think that that will be a logical evolution for that series, considering Diddy Kong Racing is dead, it, or so it seems. Although there have been rumors that there's another one development. I don't know if I buy them, but that would be fantastic. Very persistent rumors, though. Yeah, that's true that they that they have been. Don't so I mean bosses. that's true. I would I would love to see another Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, and it even had bosses. Imagine like some really great bosses. Like it was just a really fun game that apparently came together at basically the last minute where they had to shoehorn Diddy Kong and do the whole thing. <laughs> and it worked out. It was a really fun game, and I, that's what I would love to see more from. Like, I want to see more fun for my kart racers. Like, I feel like we've seen enough Mario Karts at this, at this point. I wanted to see something a little bit more than just another pure racing game the next time. And if they, if they do it with Mario Kart or another Diddy Kong Racing, I'd be, uh, I'll be pretty happy. Well, the funny thing is we kind of got... The, the, a lot of similar systems. I've never actually played uh, Diddy Kong Racing at all, but I have played Crash Team Racing, and a lot of what you mentioned that you had different worlds that you explore and go. Yeah, but that was like the year. That was like the next year. Yeah, but we still it's been like twenty years <laughs> since then. <laughs> that is true, but it was interesting to see Crash Team Racing take inspiration from both Mario Kart and Diddy mm-hmm. Kong That's true. Uh, for their title. Uh, but the other thing is just as the variations, like how you had uh, like. Planes and cars, and I forget the third uh, hovercraft. Type. Hovercraft, yeah. And you basically have that with the uh, Sonic and uh, Sonic All Star Racing Transformed. I love yeah. that series. I, it's mm-hmm. still my favorite kart racer of all time. Um, it's just that much fun, and I loved how they combined all those. So it, it's like those ideas are getting brought back. If they, but if they could just fully realize them and combine all these elements, yeah, you're right, Andre. We could have a really great kart uh, title, right? I, I would love Diddy Kong Racing to come back. I played that game to death back on the N64, and I just explored every every last inch of it, and I completely oh, yeah. agree. It was a great idea to combine you know, 3D kind of Super Mario 64-esque exploration with a kart racer, and then you had the other vehicles. And personally, I think there is a ton of unexplored potential character development for Wizpig that uh, can could be you know explored in a, in a sequel. You know, Wizpig. I want to know what what makes that guy tick, man. Why Why does he want to go after all those kitty kart racers? Yeah, like you know, like what 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 motivates Wizpig? Why does he get up in the morning? I, these are questions that need to be answered in a sequel. That's true. That's pressing well, issues. Yeah. I love with Diddy Kong Racing how I completely forgot about the genie's tip to let go of the gas before going over boosts. And it took me like days to beat the first Whiz Pig race in the end. <laughs> I had the same I problem. I didn't know that hint. So easy after. It's essential. I had the same out. exact problem. And he was actually hard too. Whiz Pig was so oh, he was, hard. He didn't mess around. I know. I jumped up and I was like, yeah, when I actually <laughs> beat him. Oh man, I love the whole like fake out too. Like you beat him, but then you didn't really beat him. There's a whole like another world, another race with him. I was just oh, blown away by that. That world was so. <laughs> oh yeah, good. the the space area. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, the music in that world too. I mean that that's like probably one of my favorite 
rare moments, I would say, well, in that world. I have oh, a soundtrack. Yeah. Getting back to those Nintendo Power soundtracks, I have the, Diddy, yeah. the Diddy Kong Race one. It's shaped like Diddy's freaking head. Which <laughs> is a terrible idea, but it's, <laughs> but it's great at the same no, time. Wasn't that Grant Kirkhope? Didn't he do Diddy Kong, Diddy Kong Racing? I think so. I think, so? I yeah. think he did. Yeah, no. but no, that was a great soundtrack. Maybe we'll get ukulele racing. <laughs> and well, I love how you could also unlock drumstick and TT. Like TT was super hard to get, but it was so worth it. Yeah. And the drumstick, you actually ran over a frog, a frog that looked like a rooster for some reason, and I take a drumstick. He was cursed. Oh yeah. Um. So my topic is from Justin Pfeiffer, and uh, he asks, "Which game universe do you wish you lived in, or uh, like which character do you wish you were like going through that world in an adventure, and and why?" Um. So. It's kind of a convoluted way to ask that question. Sorry, I, I kind of messed it up. But basically, if I could be like any character from a game adventuring through that world, which one would I choose? And my answer, uh, I chose this question because this is something I've talked about before, and it's a pretty easy answer for me. And that is um, Spira from Final Fantasy X. I love that world. Um, and, and I guess by extension, I would love to be Tidus on a pilgrimage through that world. Um, just because no, no world in a Final Fantasy game has really captivated me, like Spirit did, it just felt like it was very lived in. It felt like Square Enix really put in the time and really did their due diligence in making it feel like a world with real history. Like there was real culture there, and and they had their own customs and they had their own history and their their ancient writings. And it you could feel the history of Spira as you explored it. And I always thought that was just really cool. I thought it was a really easy world to get lost in. It really felt like the true definition of a fantasy game, in my opinion. And I would love to. Be able to see that firsthand. I think that I think I think Spear is just a really interesting world. It sort of fits also because as Titus, you are just dropped in this world that you know nothing about, and it sort of works for him because you know you are that he is that point of view character where you're learning about this world yourself, and there's a lot to learn because unlike a lot of RPGs, your your character doesn't need to know he doesn't know anything, you know. Yeah. So and and, and that's work. something I that's actually something I, I think it's overlooked unfairly about Titus as well is that people call him a whiny brat and he is and he's supposed to be and that's how he starts off because he's he's you know the 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 pampered kid of a sports star he's you know kind of annoying but genuinely through the course of his journey through Spear he does change and he really kind of hardens and 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 gets becomes kind of a seasoned veteran adventuring and you know he's a different guy by the end of the game and because of what he's seen in Spira and that kind of yeah kind of uh relates back to the whole you know the fact that Spira has this not very happy history and and what he sees there you know while he's doing the pilgrimage with Yuna it kind of changes him and I just I love that about Final Fantasy X. I think that's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, I kind of went on a soapbox there, but that's kind of what, that's kind of that's that's like right. I said. That's why that's why I picked the question because I really yeah, that's a good one. yeah it is a good one. Um, I guess I'll go next uh, with my choice. Uh, I was thinking about this one. The first at first, I'm thinking, oh, Kingdom Hearts, because you have all these different worlds. But then I was really thinking about. it. I was like, wait a second, there's an even more obvious one for at least for me because you've dreamed about it ever since I was a little a little kid. Pokemon. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a great answer. It's, it's, you want to be the very best? The best oh, of God. It, who doesn't imagine owning, like, a, being able to capture these things, battling them with each other, seeing them in real time? And I've stated this to people before, where that's why I love Detective Pikachu so much, is seeing the, po- the Pokemon in natural elements, just seeing, like, a Trubbish hanging out in the, in the, su- in the subway, or, uh, you know, having random bird Pokemon fly overhead, or whatever. It just feels Pokemon Snap! That game did that so well. Yeah, it did. It it really just I love how they just 
when they make them seem like animals and they're not just like these random creatures in the in the uh, grass or whatever. Right. I think that's when they really come alive, and I think that's uh, the other reason I picked it is because I want to get in my my soapbox where. <laughs> Nintendo, if they if they want to make all the money in the world, or at least Pokemon Company wants to make all the money in the world, where's our Pokemon MMO? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't play MMOs, and I would get that in a heartbeat because there is so many ideas they could make that work and make it fun and interesting and really just make, allow you to just dive into these worlds. And Could you imagine a Pokemon MMO in virtual reality? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Come with a little Pokeball attachment that you can... <laughs> you throw. Throw, yeah. Well, there's also just the no- the novel aspect of the. I mean, imagine being a kid in a world where you turn 13 and you get this turn cool 10. monster. Or, <laughs> is, is it 10? Okay, yeah. yeah, you turn 10. You get this cool monster that you get to be friends with, and you literally are turned out into the world to just go explore the world. And this is a world where you don't have to be afraid of creepy adults doing creepy things. This is just a great world <laughs> where know, just adults are awesome. And, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is like a world where you can take on the mafia. Literally, Giovanni is like a mafia boss, but he'll like give up and, and, and like dissolve Team Rocket if you beat him in a Pokemon battle. He's not going to try to kill you, even though he could, because you're a kid. This is a cool <laughs> world. I love this. Yeah, it's just that, that sort of honor of the Pokemon battle, it just becomes the every everything, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you environmental terrorists that you fight against in third gen and all this, and people trying to out the, outright destroy the world in sixth gen. It's, yeah, but, oh, but you're, but you're Charmander, your Charizard beat me. Okay, I, I give up. My... World, do- you know, my world dominating dreams. No, it's okay. You beat me with your Pokemon, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a nice simplicity to Pokemon, and yeah, you can take read into it and have the undercurrents of the whole animal fighting thing. But there's also the the game does a great job of building up the innocence of it, and I think that's what makes it so appealing to just live in that world and be able to train these things. The Pokemon, uh, Pokemon, the first movie explores some of those issues. Yeah. That's one and of the it, reasons I love that movie. Pokemon are not like this. <laughs> and it culminated with that horrible Pikachu slapping battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the movie is so cool. <laughs> I think it's on. I think you can watch it for free now on Pokemon.com or something. I think so. Oh, yeah. You t- and I and I you could, but I also have the Blu-ray and DVD. So oh, you know, yeah. that, that, I don't. I don't play around with that movie. That <laughs> third, a third Pokemon movie is still the best. Yeah. That was a really good one. All right. Well, the world um, I would want to live in isn't quite uh, as serious as either of those two, or even as serious as Pokemon is. Mine's a little bit more lighthearted, and that is uh, something goes. You know, it's it's a world I've been I've uh, especially as a kid. I you know I really enjoy taking part of and wanted to if I could experience it for real, and that'd be the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be your answer. Yep. So I mean, yeah. it really reminds me more of like the Alice in Wonderland, like it's Nintendo's version of Alice in Wonderland, where there, there's just all this kind of crazy stuff you see. Um, no matter which world you're in, you're just introduced to all these surprising elements all the time. And it's just a world that like, I fully enjoy as a kid. And there's so much variety. <laughs> yeah, there is. You know what seriously. I love about the Mushroom Kingdom? Like My favorite thing about the Mushroom Kingdom is the fact that it has literally gone through like 30 different completely different geological shifts in like 20, <laughs> like 20 years. Yeah, like it, it, it literally looks like a different continent every single time you play. Absolutely. It's great. I love that. There's so hey, much there. <laughs> be careful with the uh, current one. You might become lazy and fat with those auto runner levels, but uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, just like play party games with your enemies, go to have soccer matches and whatnot. I think that's a great thing about the Mario's the thing uh, like the world of Mario. You just 
you can do whatever. <laughs> I, I want. I, I just want to see what going down the warp pipe is like. Like what? What happens? You black out, and all of a sudden you're on the other side. <laughs> but isn't that kind of one of those things that you don't want to find out, though? Because that's part of the mystery. Like, do you really want that? That's answer? true. It's it's a whole uh, loss problem. You start answering the questions, it get less yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, they kind of solved that with the clear pipes in 3D World. Oh, that's, yeah, oh, that's true, of. actually. And you could not hang out with Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the first guy I'll find. Hang out with. No, he'll, he'll I, find you. Yeah. I, I, I would hang out with there. the Mario Soccer version of, of uh, Waluigi, or the, the sorry, the Mario Strikers version. He's the only version of Waluigi I would hang out with. The one that after he scores a goal, he does the uh, suck it gesture. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like one of my single favorite things across the entire Mario oh, it's, series. It's so yeah. good. That it's is, a shame it's, we never got so that uh, Mario volleyball game. Did you see? Oh, that? I know. It was supposed to be like high, like surprisingly violent and yeah, because they could do yeah. wrestling moves to each other and like they like uh, see Mario like power bombing Luigi or whatever. Well, what was funny about that is apparently that idea was uh, turned down because it didn't fit Nintendo's honor, I believe, or wouldn't bring Nintendo honor or something. Yeah, it was too violent, and they wanted to make it. But then in Strikers itself, you're like shoving people, you're like ramming them into electrified walls, and yeah. you know they're one of the more popular series, most popular series is. Uh, a game about all of their characters beating the hell out of each other. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I was just say Smash Brothers. I mean, yeah. like, there's that whole. I mean, Smash. But they're toys, the so it's okay. Yeah, but that's yeah. true. Are they, I guess they, that, that that still is the case, isn't it? There's also yeah, like yeah trophies. I guess I, I I always forget about that, but it's true. All right, Tom, how about your world? Okay, for me, I had a hard time uh, deciding on this because I was taking into consideration the amount of danger in most games. I think Derek had a good choice with Pokemon where it's uh, there Pokemon is no doing danger. the fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good choice. and uh, So I was thinking of that a lot, but I ended up choosing the very first Legend of Zelda. I, uh, for me, that had a... I loved the exploration in that game, just going around. Uh, it reminded me of things growing up, like, I guess playing capture the flag while camping and just general hiking around while camping and finding new areas all the time uh and that's basically just from going on vacation as a kid always in in the wilderness and stuff even though it's a campsite it's like the wild uh i guess that was the sort of closest to it and of course that was one of the first games i played so i know it's a very solitary game but I think uh, that is a universe I wish I could go on an adventure in, basically. That is awesome how it reminded you of the very things inspired me most to actually make the game. Being like yeah. exploring the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. That is really That's what he's going for. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. That's great. Well, um, it, yeah. makes, it makes me wonder now like, uh, what games will be like in the future. Because you think about kids, they don't really have that opportunity to go out by themselves, right? They're kind of always looked after... Helicopter parents. Held sort of thing, or just plunked in front of a TV. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of sad, too, because it's not really the kind of world anymore, at least not in, in, not in America, where you can just send your kids out to go play outside until dinner, because you don't know what's going to happen these days. Like, it's it definitely has, there has been a loss of that kind of adventurous childhood spirit, which is what Zelda embodies. And, That's true. Uh, you you play as a child for most of the games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you get that the whole sense that the kids love to imagine themselves as the, as the lone hero, taking on these odds, exploring the world, seeing what it all has to offer, and you know figuring out puzzles and you know solving these things, and you know, a great sense of accomplishment because you did it on your own. Yeah, and then I you love- become an adult, and the world goes to shit. <laughs> <laughs> that well, yeah, awkward time. <laughs> yeah, right. 
I was going to say I love like sort of the general lack of explanation and hand-holding that game. It's just it's mostly just you. And there are some hints along the way in occasional caves, but it's mostly up to you to figure out what to do. So mm-hmm. I guess that's it was like a Dark great, Souls. There was a great sense of openness to that game where you really could you could go about the game just about any order, as I recall. Like, you didn't matter. You, know, you could you, The whole world opened to you almost from the get-go, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think only yeah. some I needed an item and some dungeons, but that's about it. Like, I remember when I first played that game, it took me a while just to find the first temple, even though it was like only a few screens away. If you... Don't go in the proper direction. You can easily get sidetracked by a bunch of other things. Yeah. It's, yeah, easily. I mean, it is brilliant designed to just have you start out, and all of a sudden, there's a cave. Uh, what's your first instinct? Go into that cave. And you get That's your right. sword. Uh, well, all well, I know I, is... I don't know. I've seen the Starbomb video. I don't know if that necessarily is the best, best decision. <laughs> no, true. maybe not. <laughs> all I know is if I, if I was in that world... I would want the NPCs to talk to me exactly like they talk in the NES game. Like, just say weird things like, hey, let's play money-making game. Just in a totally nonchalant, yeah, oh, okay, I'll play money-making uh, game. Oh, you're trying, like, excuse me, I want to get past, and all the guy just says is grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah, grumble, grumble. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what that means. Go up, up, awesome. up the mountain. Huh? Okay. <laughs> sure. Sounds great. All right, Tom, how about uh, your topic? I think you're the last one here. All right. Uh, my topic is from Austin Kelly, and I'm sorry, I think I've kind of paraphrase it a bit potentially but uh what game that you're most excited about but ultimately were disappointed with uh yep so for me uh the first one that came to mind was star fox adventures uh (laughs) rare my favorite company at the time uh that was like their last game i knew it had some troubles with nintendo especially with uh going to e3 and asking nintendo rep uh, what's uh, the relationship with Rare right now and getting the answer it's business as usual oh gosh <laughs> that basically meant it is not business as usual <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, like it started out pretty good um, that game and it was some things were a bit rough I liked how you could just slide down a ladder uh, you can kind of shift a box sideways instead of walking around the box like while you're pulling it you can kind of shift it a little bit to the right instead of yeah. walking all the way around to the other side and pulling it again uh things like that were neat but then i got to the, i think well it's supposed to be one dungeon to get a piece that was required and it was i think it ended up just being a race around a sort of a bunch of caves and it's like this isn't a dungeon what's going on here <laughs> and then finally wanting to beat up General Scales the whole time and spoiler alert for those of you who haven't played a game from year 2000 all of a sudden Andros comes in and you're like hey it's you it's that guy General Scales was talking to that I didn't know and it's like it's Andros and he just kills General Scales right there and it's like okay I'm yeah. going to fight Andros now but it was like Rare knew this was their last game for Nintendo and made lame Andros where he just kind of <laughs> haphazardly kind of floated his hand across the screen to swipe at you like he didn't care I mean, just those things just stuck in my mind. It, and like, this is the last Rare game for a Nintendo system, and just a big, big disappointment in the last half of that mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 don't, it looked I awesome. don't mind that game. It looked yeah. awesome, yeah. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> mind uh, Star Fox Adventures that much. I played it the whole way through and had some fun with it, but it's obviously it just... It always did feel like sort of a lesser Zelda the entire time. It really didn't feel like its own identity, especially even during the Star Fox, the actual R-Wing sections. You weren't really 
doing all that much interesting in the R wing. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything interesting to fight. And then again, that that people talk about hijacked by Ganon. <laughs> hijacked by Andros is so much worse in this <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really is. It's it's, it's crazy. I and mean, I just remember being sort of underwhelmed by that reveal. It's like really, all right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hate it, but yeah, it was certainly disappointing. But I will say, you know, amazingly, even by today's standards, it does. It's not a bad looking game. I mean, it no, still it looks, looks pretty nice. It, it still has some of the best, like, fur and grass effects. Uh, I mean, Grant, I haven't played it for a while, but I do remember it being incredibly impressive for the fur and grass effects. Yeah. Like, the grass had actual depth to it. Yeah, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was something remember, about GameCube games that uh, a lot of, the, lot of them just, they hold up so damn well. They yeah, do. Rogue Squadron, I bet, holds up. Uh, oh, that yeah. game, yeah, that game had better CG than the special edition. <laughs> <laughs> when I was trying to, you know, get uh, Paper Mario set, to set up the stream, it's like seeing Thousand Year Door, like going from 64 to Thousand Year Door and just seeing how the colors popped and everything looked so good, good I'm jump. like, holy crap. That's yeah. such a that's such an upgrade, and it still looks so good. It really is a first, like pretty much a first three uh, D for the first uh, the first three D era where the games hold up over time. Like they don't look terrible yeah. by today's standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Star Fox, Star Fox was yeah disappointing. It wasn't a terrible game. It wasn't good either. And I really don't know if I could bring myself to ever replay that game. But it is very tedious at points, as I recall. But the presentation was great, and I actually thought they did a pretty good job. Um, uh, capturing the the sound of the original voice actors, even though they had all new voice actors that were British, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, capturing the original feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, they did. Yeah. I'll just say, oh, I was just going to say, for my standard of rare at the time, uh, that's sort of why it's disappointing to me. Like, like I know what you're saying is like it was good but not great, but like compared to what I expected from rare, then you're expecting sort of fantastic and amazing. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go next. I had a uh, I had a couple of uh, games in mind for this uh, question. I was originally going to go with Final Fantasy XII because I didn't like that game at all. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I knew going in, just based on all the preview stuff I'd seen and what I knew about it going in, that I probably wasn't going to like it as much. And I was right. So it didn't disappoint me that much in that sense. But another Square Enix game did. And that is The Third Birthday, which... <coughs> excuse me. The Third Birthday, which is the third game in the Parasite Eve series. And it's kind of hard for me to overstate just how much I hate that game. Um, (laughs) I mean, I really, really, really dislike that game because Parasite Eve is an awesome game. And Aya Brea was one of the coolest, toughest, most badass female lead characters in a video game, like, ever. Like, before it even became, like, a thing where you had, like, it was a problem because there weren't enough of these characters. Aya Brea did it first, she did it best. And she's awesome. Parasite Eve 2, a bit more of a Resident Evil vibe. Still a good game. The Third Birthday took everything awesome about Aya, everything awesome about Parasite Eve, and absolutely just farted on it. Just farted on the entire <laughs> stuff. Just, just I'm just imagining somebody just leaning over the game and just farting as hard as they can. Just letting loose. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm imagining somebody farting on a birthday cake. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like. Now, the third birthday had been delayed so many times for the PSP, and it, when it finally came out, I was like, you know what, I heard some weird things, but this is Parasite Eve. It's finally here. I'm going to see the next chapter of the story. No way. Like, they, they added some weird stuff about time travel. They, they turned Aya into this, like, there's a story, spoilerish reason for it, but they basically turned into this, like, whiny, wet blanket, like, just super weak 
female character, and that's not who she is at all. And the gameplay was just, it wasn't fun, it just wasn't, it was a mere shadow of what Parasite Eve was supposed to be. And it really just... So it's like Metroid Other M. You kind of, you know, it is yeah. kind of like that. It's kind of like the Square Enix version of Metroid Other M. And it really just, uh, it kind of killed the series, unfortunately. And I love Parasite Eve. I thought it was a great, weird, kind of new direction for Square to take. And then the third birthday just killed it. Parasite Eve, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, the very first Parasite Eve I love, I... Uh, it just had such a unique combat system that was so different at the time. It had, you know, good, really great graphics at the time because I believe it came out before Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, it did. So it had these realistic models. Like you're still going from Final Fantasy VII to Parasite Eve, and it looks amazing. You get these really creepy atmospheres, and I, I remember like being for an RPG. I'm like, this is an RPG. Why am I scared? Yeah, it was like a survival <laughs> horror RPG. Yeah, it was so freaky. And then I was so excited for Parasite Eve two, and it was. Resident Evil and I yeah. at the time I wasn't a huge Resident Evil fan because I didn't like the controls or anything and the combat just felt completely off and because of that the only thing I remember from the game is like the bo- the boss fight against the giant guy in the hotel yeah. and then right before that is the shower scene that they used to advertise that game to high hell <laughs> yeah they sure did <laughs> they got a lot of mileage out of that, that shower scene oh yeah it's like that was the big scene it's like shower scene with the hot blonde girl yeah. it's like okay cool thank you and then you didn't need uh, that in Parasite Eve 1 to sell it like I was just cool and she, she was sexy because she was a badass. You didn't have to sell it with a shower scene. Yeah, she was she was on a date. That's how it starts. She's on a date to see this thing, and then all hell breaks loose, yeah. and she confronts it. It's 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 awesome. And I haven't played Third Birthday at all because I heard Don't. so many bad things, and I heard even more bad things from you. I'm like, okay. I'm so angry that I played that game through to completion. Like I like I, <laughs> I I'm actually I regret that I can't get that time back. In my life. Does it actually have anything to do with the Parasite Eve story? <clears throat> is it just sort of its own thing? It does, but it's so far removed that it might as well not. Like, it is technically part of the continuity, but it just it just ruins everything so much. Like, it, it might as well be its own thing. It's It, it really is barely recognizable. Uh, plus, I had the stupid mechanic of damaging her clothes. <laughs> that, yeah. So, as, as Aya took damage, her clothes took damage, and then she, you know, by the time she's at, uh, you know, 1 HP, she's almost naked, and it's just like... That's not what Aya was about. Like she was just That's, she was cool because she was cool. She didn't need to be over sexualized. She was just sexy. Like yeah. Dead or alive five territory. It was what? Yeah. Dead or alive five yeah, territory. It kind they of is. That. And it just made it feel really beefcakey and just really kind of just stupid. And it's just a shame because it used to be such a great series. Yeah. I'd love to see a revival of Parasite Eve. Me too. <sighs> but uh yeah, it's not a disappointment for me since I didn't actually play it. So, uh, I guess my, I was trying to think of this like, what game really disappointed me? And when I find what the one I finally came to is Final Fantasy VIII. It was such a huge disappointment for me, especially because I was so hyped for it coming off of Final Fantasy VII, my very first RPG. I was massively into the RPG series. That's why I picked up Parasite because it was a SquareSoft game. It's like okay. These guys are so good. They can make anything so fun. And 8 was, you know, looked great. It had that Parasite Eve sort of style to it. It looked realistic. Air quotes and all that. Yeah. And then you play it and draw mm-hmm. stock. Draw stock. Draw stock over and over and over and over again. It's just... Like, I was in denial for a while. Like, I was going along with the plot and everything. And it just... By the third disc, I was getting so bored. 
and I couldn't do it. And I eventually did beat the game. I forced my way through it. But the thing is, I hated the mechanic of the final boss where they randomly picked your party members. And yeah. I didn't do any of that. So I was like, for the first time ever, I borrowed a friend's game shark, put in the invincibility code, and then beat it that way just so I could <laughs> see the end. Because I was just, I was done with the game. It had, it, the combat sucked so much. But that, and but that ending though. That ending. It's a weird ending. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic, but yeah, I mean the the game is. I I, I it definitely suffer from not being another Final Fantasy VII. I wasn't yeah, as disappointed it, by it, it f- as you were, but I definitely know where you're coming from. It's it was such a flawed <clears throat> experience, and I think it was just. I, I think the biggest problem with it, the thing that just got me, is like seven kept me pumped, kept me moving, kept me yeah. interested in everything, and eight just became so tedious. But you know what I do like about 8, though? Like, really, I think its greatest contribution to the series is the fact that it's... If you just go back and look at it and don't take it seriously, it's psycho. That game is psychotic. Like, it, like oh, it's, it's, it's like playing a fever dream. Like, so many weird things happen in that game, and it's just... None of it really makes a whole lot of... It's, it's, a, it's a strange experience. That's, that's really that's the only sure. way I can describe it. It's weird. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Well, I guess I'll give my choice, which was, I mean, there are multiple games I've been disappointed by, but one of the key ones that stands out over all this time is still Donkey Kong 64, (laughs) and that game is just a mess. There's too many characters, too many collectibles, um, there's way too much going on that's not just purely platforming like the original trilogy. So, I mean, it basically tried to do for Donkey Kong what Mario 64 did for Mario, Uh, it just went about it in the worst possible way. And it just wasn't that engaging to me. I, it, it didn't capture the, the, neither the atmosphere nor the fun of the original trilogy. And on top of that, it was, it was pretty buggy. I remember having a bunch of glitches, including one where it fell through a room uh, as it was rotating. And I think it was a pretty common bug. So yeah, I had really high expectations for the game because it's freaking Donkey Kong in 3D. I mean, the original trilogy was you know, branded as basically a 3D game. And now we're getting it in true 3D. And it just wasn't that great. Well, let me get this straight. You mean you don't like co- like uh, collecting 100 color-coded bananas for each character in every level? Why All ever not? All five characters in every world. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why wouldn't you enjoy that? The best, part, the best part about that game was finding the Donkey Kong, the classic Donkey Kong arcade game and playing that instead. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Remember how hard it was to get the bana- the whatever it was, a golden banana, whatever it was? Oh, tied yeah. To the, the coin or whatever? Yeah. Like, you had to do that. And then Jetpack had one, too, the classic That's right, and they were game. both really hard. Yeah, I love how it, it wasn't just two hundred bananas in that game. Wasn't it like two hundred and one was the the hundred percent mark? Oh yeah, oh that's right. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I've never actually played that game. I just watched my friend uh, fight the final boss fight against K. Rule, and he was telling me about all the crap he had to collect. And I'm like, yeah, really? Yeah, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like all that for every character in every level. That just seems so redundant. Unless they it's found excessive. a way to make it different for each of those characters, and I get the feeling they didn't. <laughs> No, they definitely did not. I mean, the game just, yeah, it just didn't feel refined. You were ch- you had different characters. They had different forms for each character. They had different weapons for each character. They had different collectibles for each character. There, there was too much. It was too divided of an experience. Oh, whereas right. with... The coconut with, gun that fires and spurts. Oh, if he shoots, <laughs> yeah, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yep. I, I, I think that is the greatest contribution the game had. It, really it, it is that and Tiny Kong. Because Tiny Kong... In DK64, she's fine, you know, whatever. She's she's inoffensive enough, but what they have turned Tiny Kong into... Oh, my God. If it, You listeners, if you don't know what Tiny Kong is now, just just Google don't her. Don't Google just, it. Just, no, don't just Google her. Just Google, Google her and see how... With safe search on. Un, oh, yeah, with safe search on. But just look at how unbelievably offensive she is. It's That, that might be DK64's greatest claim to fame. 
It, it, it's just <laughs> introducing this incre- this character that became incredibly offensive. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were thinking with Tiny I... Kong because she she ended up looking older. She's Dixie Kong's younger sister, and she ends up looking mm-hmm. older along with all the other crap. That's in- wait, was she was she officially Dixie's sister? I think, I think so, it was yeah. a cousin, wasn't it? Was it cousin? Maybe it was cousin. I remember her being yeah. younger than Dixie and related to Dixie in some way. Well, the whole Donkey Kong family is a mess at this point. We, the, we, we have to call this episode like debating the Donkey Kong family tree or something. Like, <laughs> One of them great. inbred with another. Yeah. <laughs> God. I wouldn't be surprised. That's how Baby Kong came around. Oh, God. He was oh, uh, Chunky Kong with uh, Chunky Kong. Well, then, then how do we explain Lanky Kong? What inbreeding resulted in, in Lanky Kong exactly right oh man uh, that was uh, one of the Kremlins and oh, God. Diddy Kong that's a terrifying thought <laughs> oh my god alright we're done with this one um, and normally that'll wrap it up for us but I think uh, because Tom wasn't with us last week I think there was one topic Tom wanted to touch on which was uh, I think if I recall correctly like how like how you got your start with Game Explain, right oh, oh yeah. yeah Tom or yeah yeah, uh, so basically, that one, I guess you would have to go back to when I originally met you, Andre, and that was that we both uh, applied and worked for Game Boy Dojo when it started. Back and, in 1999, I think. Or it was in 99 or even 98. Yeah, it might have been 98 even. Oh, and <laughs> I remember around then, like, different guys on the site, there was this one guy, Ty, and... I was like, how are you writing these articles so fast, Ty? And he's like, I don't know, I just do it. And I found out later that guy was just plagiarizing articles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I just do it. It just comes to me naturally. so good. (laughs) Just the copy and paste is so (laughs) fluid. Uh, Yeah, but we finally met at the first E3, I believe we both went to it. uh, In 2000, was it, when the GameCube was announced? That's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess since you lived closer than after a couple of years... Oh, sorry, was, 2001, actually. Yeah, 2001. And I went to a few E3s together then, and you were relatively close in Washington State, so I could just drive down around Christmas or in the summer. Uh, so basically, we stayed friends since, since then. went to all, like, the first two Penny Arcade Expos, I believe. Yeah, the 2003 was the first one, I think, and that was back when it was super small. Yeah, um, that was when I think they had was it the second one with the ball in the crowd and everyone was chanting ball and like Mike and Jerry were terrified inside. They had no <laughs> idea what was going on. They thought like, they were cheering for their blood or something. Sounds <laughs> uh, right. And at those, of course, we had the three years in a row of coming in second in Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> this is so I, angry. I, I was in second the year before with Skylar, who was on Game Explain for the first year. Um, yeah, but from there, then when you started Game Explain one day, I said, uh, like, Skylar was like, oh, I'll be, like, I'll join you for a year full time. And I'm like, well, I can't do that, but I'll just help out with graphics and stuff when I can. And. I guess I got the occasional free game to play and review, so that was a pretty good bonus, and just hung on from there. Yeah, you yep. So, pretty good times, and go- I never thought I would go back to E3 again, and now I think I've gone more times in a row than I originally did. Man, I, I think just- you've gone, you've almost gone more than me, I think. Wow. Was it like nine times now or something? Wow. So... Yeah, it's got to be pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now that I think it's about got- it, Andre, you and Mario Kart tournaments don't have a good history, do you? 
Oh my god! <laughs> just oh, saying, dropping a trap right now. I'm <laughs> just saying. I just I saw a pattern there. That's all. Oh, the second place finishes are the end of me. Jesus! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Second, I I seem to recall it was fourth place that you placed it when the the tournament we played in, right? No, it was. I were guess you second? I, had... I thought you were fourth. Oh, second overall. Oh, okay. Oh, second overall. Oh, it was fourth for the last race. My bad. Okay, second yeah. overall. <laughs> he's he's trying to make you worse than you actually are. are. <laughs> I know. He's degrading the memory. I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> Next time he tells it, you'll be in sixth place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remember, we, we won top two. It was you know, game explain one. The top That's two. right. Yeah. Wait, position. are you sure you yeah. even placed? I'm not. Sure. I'm not sure. Maybe you didn't even. <laughs> God, we're, we're done with you. Well, Shutting us down. <laughs> I guess. I just like to say, you know, Andre, you've been a great friend, and it's funny how you've moved further away, and yet I seem to see you more when you've moved further away. That's funny uh, how that works. You I moved a bit closer. Japan. You moved a bit closer, so I'm see like one less day a year now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess it's great to have Ash and Derek on board of Gaming's Plan. You guys are great guys. Uh, so looking oh, yeah, forward to. Oh, it's always to, fun hanging out in E3. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Looking forward to E3 with you guys again. This is going to be a lot of fun this year and next time. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> oh my God, it really is. Like I'm on one hand, I'm super, super excited. On the other hand, I am super worried. Not worried. Uh, just concerned about this, about my stress levels. Well, this will be my first time really covering a console because before yeah. I was there, you know, I was there for the reveal of the Xbox One and the PS4. But since we didn't really cover much of Sony or you know Microsoft, I didn't really have to do much on it. I just got my hands on the controller. It's like, oh, okay, that's what it feels like. But no, with the NX, of course, we have to cover that as much as possible, and those lines are going to be a nightmare. No, this is what we do, guys. One week before they start planning, e th- like setting up E3, we uh, get zip lines and hang to the ceiling above <laughs> where the Nintendo booth's going to be and just go down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the day first, of. And just first in playing. line. And, th- and this yeah. time, if we, if we somehow manage to find time to play Smash, we will not play on the Miiverse stage this time. <laughs> no more Game of Thrones. Oh we'll, we'll avoid that stage. That was okay. Well, now we have to explain that. Yeah, we had gone to the Microsoft conference and then we had co- gone back to Ash because Ash drives us around during E3 because he's a saint. <laughs> and I live yeah, like 10 awesome. minutes away from E3. Yeah, so we yeah. stopped by at his place for some reason, and that's when. Well, we, just to hang out, and play Smash Brothers. Oh yeah, because he had time to kill. And then while we're playing, and so Ash wasn't playing in one round. So like it was like three or four of us playing, uh, and he Ash was just sitting back watching. And then for whatever reason, he decided to read one specific comment <laughs> uh, that was floating right in the background. I won't say what it was, but needless to say, it was a massive Game of Thrones spoiler <laughs> before we had seen the episode that had just come out a couple days before. We were saving it. We, yeah. had, we had just been so busy, we hadn't been able to get to it because that's the end of the thing was I have HBO Go and we all watch Game, the finale of Game of Thrones together, uh, Tom, Andre, and yeah. I. And I read the book so I know what happens. And Andre was always on me. He's like, don't you dare spoil anything for me. Don't look in his eyes. I was a lockdown because any little indication of anything could be a spoiler about Game of Thrones. And we're playing, and I'm out. I'm out of the match, and all of a sudden, Ash is next to me and reads that spoiler, and I'm like, "Oh God!" And Andre reacts to it like, "Now, now literally the one comment out of however many were on the screen. That is the one he chose to read. (laughs) And the best part is he had no idea what he was going to say. Context is important here. I I read it in a a confused way. Like, what does that mean? Because I don't watch Game of Thrones. It was completely innocent, and I hate spoilers. I would never knowingly spoil anybody else because I, I just hate people who do that. So I felt I had to awful. keep such a straight face. And I, I don't know. I felt I don't know what so that's talking bad. about. Oh I knew God. immediately like, right is, away. Is, <laughs> what, Tom? I knew immediately right away what yeah. it meant. I, oh, I yeah. felt so I mean, terrible. It is literally, 
if you don't, if you're not familiar with Game of Thrones, it is literally the biggest spoiler about the show. He could have said the literally the biggest spoiler. This is major foot and mouth moment. I felt so bad, <laughs> but I mean, but also people are horrible that they do that. Yeah. So, warning, once, once Game of Thrones comes on, uh, we're probably going to be talking about this, that a lot on the podcast. Yeah, but also, <laughs> yeah, like, probably. just don't play the Meaverse stage. If you're, like, watching something current and you don't want to be spoiled, people are assholes. Like, they, they will absolutely spoil. Like, I saw that uh, on Star Wars. Like, I'm not going to, for the one oh, of no, you no. one of the out there who hasn't seen it. When Star Wars first came out, I'm doing streams, and there's always those people in there. And even now, people still do it. Yeah, like, if, if you somehow, if you're a Star Wars fan and you haven't seen The Force Awakens, don't play that on the Meaverse stage. Just, like, don't do it. Uh, Trust me. All right. Well, I think that covers it for our podcast this week. Our our second ever episode of uh, Game Explained Real Talk. So, it's been fun, guys. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, Definitely. The real, real talk got really yeah. real nice this having, week. Nice, nice having all four of us. <laughs> yeah, it is. Thanks for having me on the show. It's hard getting through all those brooms to get here. <laughs> well, hopefully you can come on again. It'll be a lot of fun doing all four of us again. Tom can only come on after the majority of the audience forgets about him. That's how oh, it works. Okay. They have to forget about him. As soon as he starts fading from the memory, he comes yeah. back. And it's like, <laughs> it's okay, guys. This doesn't connect to the YouTube audience, so they, they'll have no idea who I am. Well, and, and no one can ever really know that Canadia exists, so, you know, we have to keep yeah, it a mystery. Yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. All right, and with that, I think we're done here, guys. Of course, thanks for watching. Um, if you liked our podcast or if you would like to suggest a topic, um, check out our Patreon. We accept um, submissions for topics from all of our Patreon supporters at any level. So uh, it's a good way to get a topic idea in, potentially, if you want us to discuss it. So thanks for watching, or thanks for listening, guys, I should say. And uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.